It's the morning show that no one knows and no one is talking about. I said no one is talking about, but if they did, they'd probably say it's the best way to start today with Rach and Dave. Well, good morning. Good morning. My name is Dave. Uh, listen, the wheels, they've never existed on this morning show, though, uh, I'm here by myself on a Monday on the Start Today Morning Extravaganza. Uh, welcome. If you accidentally have stumbled onto this page, well, there's hope for you. We're a community of people who are not like each other, who have a combined interest in trying to reach for a better version of ourselves. We may not look the same, act the same, vote the same, love the same, be the same in almost any way, but because of those differences, maybe um, in particular because of those differences, we're able to grow from learning a little bit about what it might be like to do life with other people. We are uh, in a room that's very lonely today on the Start Today Morning Show. Rachel Hollis, she's not here. Uh, I wish that I could tell you where she is, I only just uh, moments ago realized that she is not going to be joining us today because she has uh, an early meeting at the office. We're doing a really cool thing where an author and, and a, just an amazing human being is coming into the office and is doing a coffee talk, a fireside chat, a podcast interview. Uh, and so they are starting early with that with our team. So if you're on the Hollis Code team, you better get your heart ready. But uh, She's going to be giving all of you a conversation about fear without me from New York tomorrow. And then when she is on Good Morning America on Wednesday, I am going to be doing that here from, hey, have a good day. Have a good day. I love you guys. Oh, my goodness. It's mime day. Jackson is dressed up like a mime. Noah looks like a golden girl right now. She's wearing a rainbow hat. Oh, she's got a breakfast taco in her hand. She's carrying a baby and wearing a rainbow onesie of some kind. I mean, it's not really a onesie, but anyway, listen, I'm going to do today. Rachel's going to do tomorrow. I'm going to throw down some fire on Wednesday while she is firing up this country of ours around this idea of the last 90 days on Good Morning America on Wednesday. And then we will be back together on Thursday and Friday to finish off this week strong, so uh, I'm happy that you're here. If you have never ever uh, ventured into the waters that are the Start Today Morning Show, look, like I started, we come together as a group to try and reach for a better version of ourselves and in community hopefully grow. Uh, we are in the middle of a 90-day challenge, the last 90 days. We're almost a third of the way through, y'all. Does it feel crazy that like we have made it a third of the way through? We've made it a third of the way through. This is the fifth week of the challenge. There are only three days left in October, which is crazy. And this week we are focusing on fear. Fear. Oh, Dave, is it a Halloween theme? Yes, we are. Uh, because of Halloween, talk about fear. Oh, so this week in fear, it turns out, is, uh-oh. Hold on. I mean, the wheels, the wheels have just fallen off. I mean, I, I would say that the wheels were falling off, but the there just never were wheels. Uh, sorry, Facebook, if there was a little bit of a lag there. I couldn't, for whatever reason, 
make the uh, the little Mevo, this thing that records, it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, fear. So let's talk about fear. Fear, it turns out, is the thing that 100% is most likely getting in your way of you pursuing what you believe you are worthy of in your life. And, and fear is, for me anyway, it's been something that has most often not even been real. And so the, the thing I wanted to talk about a little bit as we kick off this week on fear is what would it mean for you to make a list of the things that you are fearful of and then do some work to understand what of those things that you say that you're afraid of are actually real or not. I can remember when I was in first grade, first grade, I was in first grade and I was terrified of fire drills, fire drills. Like what in the world? Why in the world would anyone be afraid of fire drills? But man, I was terrified of fire drills. And my fear of fire drills was a thing that was debilitating because I would walk into every day of first grade. I mean, I was six, bracing myself for the possibility of a thing happening that was not even maybe going to happen. And even if it did, wasn't really a thing to actually even be afraid of. And I can remember coming to my mom and dad, and, and mostly my mom in this, in this case, and I said, look, I'm, I'm terrified of these darn fire drills. And she, and she encouraged me to, to actually ask a better set of questions. What are you afraid of? I'm like, I'm afraid of being surprised by the fire drill. Oh, okay. Uh, what else? Uh, I'm afraid of there actually being a fire. Okay, what else? I'm afraid if there is a fire that I'm not going to be able to get out of the building, I'm afraid of smoke, I'm afraid, like at six, like it seems like a lot of things to actually be afraid of. But when I started asking some different questions, I was able to understand if the thing in first grade that I was afraid of was really a thing for me to be afraid of. And my mom ended up taking it a step further. She went to the people in the administration at my elementary school, God bless them, and she said, hey, my kid, this tall, skinny guy, He's terrified of fire drills. Is there any way that you could show him how you approach doing a fire drill so that in showing him what a fire drill actually looks like and how it happens and that there's a human that's just pulling down this lever and it makes a sound go off, but that there's nothing bad about it. Could you show him what happens in a fire drill? And if you show him, would it maybe change the way that he thinks about fire drills? So here we go. It's the next scheduled fire drill. And I am invited to, with the administrators, go to the place where they push the button to send out the alert that it's a fire drill. And I, in getting to see what was actually happening, was able to rewire the way that I understood that this thing was actually helping us prepare to be in a position to successfully navigate a fire if something were to happen. So it, it changed the way that I thought about my fear when I was able to step into it and address it in an intellectual way. What I'd like for you to think about as we kick off this fear week in this last 90 days is, 
What is your fear? Write out your fear. I'm afraid of other people judging me. I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of what my mom will say. I'm afraid, right? Write it out. You should write out every, just write out every single thing that you are afraid of. And then when you have actually written them out, ask the administrator if you can see how the fire alarm is pulled, right? Do a little bit of the work to understand if the thing that you're suggesting is actually a fear is real or not real. So if you say, hey, I'm afraid of other people judging me, okay? Other people judging me is one of the biggest fears that people have, and, and it's tied to ego, it's tied to insecurity, it's tied to all the things, all the, all the, all the stuff that we have as people that we are worried, hey, if I were to try this and not do as well as I'd hope on the first try, then maybe I will be seen as a failure. Maybe I will be judged as not enough. Maybe the like things that I was you know, anxious of in middle school are gonna now manifest as an adult and I am gonna be broken because of it. And the reality is, number one, I mean, Rachel says this all the time, but other people's opinions are none of your business. Like truly, what other people think of you doing your thing is not about you. And I, it's hard because there's so much ego wrapped in it that you probably can't see it. But when you are worried about what other people think, their opinion, the thing that they're thinking, isn't about you. It's a reflection of how they're feeling about themselves when they see you, right? So if you can take your fear, I'm afraid of what other people are thinking about me, and Break it down, decompose it, deconstruct it in a way that lets you see, oh wait, this isn't really a thing for me to be afraid of. You get to go to the next thing on your list, right? People judging you is not about you. It's about them. All right, what else? Okay, if you're afraid of snakes, there might be a good reason that you're afraid of snakes because snakes, they'll eat you. So fine, like maintain a healthy fear of snakes unless your fear of snakes is preventing you from walking on a sidewalk in the middle of a metropolitan area where snakes don't exist, then do a little research on where snakes exist so that you can realize that your fear of snakes on a sidewalk is irrational, right? Um, if you have a fear of what your like per, the, per, the, the thing that I always like struggled with when I was trying to get out of my way was you, there are people in your life that you love or more importantly, that you crave love from. There are people that you love or crave love from. And when you try to show up uniquely as yourself, you want so badly for the people that you crave love from to return your love. You want them to love you back. And you are afraid that if you act in a way that is like authentic to who you are, that is authentic to the calling of your heart, that is authentic to you unleashing your potential, that you will be rejected by them, right? So if, if they don't, if, if you crave love from this person and you show your true colors and they don't love you back, then you will be rejected. And there's this line, your rejection is God's protection. You know, like whether you believe or don't believe, like I truly believe that when someone 
that you crave love from rejects you being who you are put on this planet to be, you need to ask a better set of questions. Why do I crave love from a person who doesn't want me to be great? Why would I let the fear of making them happy keep me from being my best? And, and so again, like when you start to step into, wow, I really do love this person in my life, or I really crave love from this person in my life, why in my pursuit of their love would I keep myself from being uniquely who I am? Why would I hold myself back from being great even because I don't want to make them uncomfortable? And, and the headline is, you are probably going to make the people that you love and crave love from uncomfortable, but that fear is not a reason to not step into what you've been placed on this earth to do, right? Like you've got a set of gifts. Those gifts have been given to you and uniquely you. You have a set of life experiences. They have been given to you and uniquely you. To deny yourself being who you were unique, uniquely created because you're worried about how someone you crave love from might respond to you being yourself, that is an irrational fear because you don't need their permission to be your greatness, you, your greatest self. You don't need, you, I mean, you think you need it. You think that if you don't get it, that somehow it's going to reveal you of being less than or, be, or somehow take away from who you are. It's just, it's just not real. So the question here, again, Fear Week, last 90 days, we are diving into it. What are the things that you're afraid of, right? What are the things that you're afraid of? So I, when I was really stuck, I made a list of, here are all the things that I'm afraid of. Here are the things, made the list of the things. Man, there's so many chapters of my book that are just straight up a fear that I had at one point in time. And then I had to make, then I took the list and I said, all right, which of these fears is true? Which of these fears is not true? And which of these fears am I just not sure? Okay, so there's some fear that is true, right? There's some fear that you're gonna find out, man, this is a true fear, and you have to ask a set of questions around those true fears of how you can unpack them in a way that frees you from the limitations that that real fear presents in your life. There's some fear that is not real. And once you get to the bottom of the unrealness of that fear, you gotta, in real time, let it go. You just have to boom, immediately let it go. It is gone. It does not live in your neighborhood any longer. Goodbye, it's gone. And for the things that you're not sure of, you need to find a way to tip toe into the water to find out if the thing that you fear is real or not so that as you do it, you'll realize more often than not that it's not real, that it's not real. And I just, you know, like you can make like almost a little bit of a decision tree. When you start to find yourself experiencing fear, if you can say, is this real or is this not? Okay, what about this is real? Okay, what of what in it being real could I do to help take the realness of this fear and minimize it in a way that allows me to be courageous and persevere through, my, through it, even though it is something that I am fearful of, right? Like I've had plenty of people, I'll get in an interview or we're having a conversation on a podcast and someone will say, man, it seems like you and Rachel are fearless. How do you live so fearlessly? 
And the reality is we do not live fearlessly. We have decided to live courageously, which is the decision to persevere through even though you have fear about certain things, right? I, I'm not suggesting that you're going to be able to mentally just completely get rid of every single thing that you have fear for, but I do think that you can massively, radically reduce the list of what you have fear for and of the things that you have fear of, you can take them and turn down the dial so that you realize that you can still move forward even though you have fear. You can still move forward and persevere even though you have fear, right? You're going to have some fear that is real, but most of the fears that you have, most of the fears that you have are not real. And the sooner that you can get to the bottom of which of the fears you have that aren't real, forget it you are going to be able to run faster because the weight of carrying all that fear will be off of your shoulders. So tell me what are the things that you are most fearful of? What are the things that you are most fearful of? Because we're gonna try and create a little bit of a conversation through the balance of this week around the things that you are with fear struggling with the most. And hopefully as we get through this week, you're going to be a little bit better equipped on how to handle the fear. All right, public speaking. I've seen public speaking a handful of times. Here's the headline. The only way to overcome a fear of public speaking is to get out and be speaking, speaking in public. You have to go out and actually just do it. So um, I am a person who loves to speak publicly. I did not start loving to speak publicly. I had to get myself into rooms and then into bigger rooms and then into bigger rooms and then into bigger rooms until I was at a place where it just became a thing that I realized the fears that I had around it were not real. They were not real. And the fears that you have about public speaking, I'm not going to be good enough. You're not going to be good enough at the beginning. That's okay. Who cares? Like, I wasn't good as a public speaker when I started. Rachel wasn't a good public speaker when she started. The fear of not being good at the beginning of being a public speaker or anything is a, is a ridiculous thing. You are not going to be good. Who cares? That is the point. You're going to go out and do something. And when it doesn't work out as well as you'd like, then you're going to learn from it and become better. Uh, let's see. Fear of... Yeah, Rachel, she started her speaking... Her, so her beginning speaking circuit included like uh, homes for people that were like in retirement facilities, like crazy. Um, okay, fear of getting hurt or sick. Okay, so I have been, uh, I've been called a hypochondriac a time or two in my life. Someone who was always worried that something was going to happen to me. And here's, here's the reality. Like, you're not going to live forever. I'm really sorry to be the one that breaks it to you if that was a thing that you struggle uh, believing. But when I was in a position to ask a better set of questions around being afraid of how my health might show up, I realized there's one thing I can do. There's a single thing you can do, and that is take control of your health journey. Instead of, you know, just eating whatever and not drinking the water and not moving your body, the only thing that I could do to change the way that my mind thought about hypochondria was I am going to show up well for my life, show up well with how I bless my body with the foods that I eat and drink the water and, and all of that kind of stuff. And so if you are afraid of, you know, your health, take action. 
like, and start small, by the way, like it, it, I'm not saying like start running 15 miles on a weekend, but going from couch to 5k is a real thing. So like, let's go. Uh, I've seen, I've seen a few times a fear of dying. Uh, here's something liberating for those of you with a fear of dying. It's going to happen. It's 100% a guarantee. I think the question that I would ask with the fear of dying folk is, Rachel just taught on this last week, this idea of morta <clears throat> mortality motivation. If you, now knowing 100% for sure that you are going to die, if you know that you're gonna die, what might it create urgency-wise in your pursuit of living as well as you can, knowing that you only have a limited amount of time, right? Like, it's gonna happen. I, like, I, I, man, I wish there were some way to just let you live forever on this planet, but you won't. And it's going to, it's going to happen. Uh, fear of becoming a parent, man, Guess what? There are a lot of things that happen. And I saw another one here, fear of becoming a parent of an adopted child. Listen, there are a whole host of things as any parent can attest to that you are just not going to be totally prepared for in having a, a, a kid. But I, I believe with every like fiber in my being that you were given exactly the, the experiences in your life to be the person that can teach well somebody who is a small human inside of your house. You just have to believe that you were like created for this purpose, have faith that you can do it, and then show up. Uh, fear of success. I, guess what? There's Fear of success is going to be something that we dive into in, uh, in my coaching this next year for sure because I absolutely have been someone who as I, you know, had success and was put into bigger rooms and was now leading bigger teams or even in this transition where I went from where I was to where I am now, you, you, you find yourself in, you know, bigger opportunities with more expectation and sometimes this imposter syndrome shows up and you start to question if you are qualified, you start to question if you can do the, you know, do, do the work that you've been, you know, asked, asked to do. And the reality is you just have to decide. I am, I, 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 one, I'm, I'm not gonna be great at it at the beginning. It's okay to not be great at the beginning, but thinking differently about failure is uh, to me like the, the biggest thing. There's a lot of people talking about failure on here. And I was a person who tried to engineer my way around being in positions where I could fail because I was such a fixed mindset oriented person that if I could game the system to ensure that I would succeed, that was the path that I wanted to take. And the reality is, if you want to grow, if you like, if you cast a vision for what you'd hope your life to look like 10 years from now, there is a 0% chance, literally a 0% chance of you getting to any place that's greater than where you are today if you are not gonna change the way that you associate negative value to failure and turn it into positive value for failure. Failure is the thing, it is the ingredient that is consistent with every single person, every single company, every brand, every person that you admire in this world has one thing in common. They absolutely picked a thing that they had to do that they did not do well and in failing, they learned from it and were able to grow. If you aren't in a posture of seeing failure as for you, 
You will not grow, and in the absence of growth, you will be unfulfilled. So you have to, and I mean, it's like, I'm starting with my kids right now. I'm like every day trying to push them into something that will challenge their ability to do it well so that in them failing, I can continue to reinforce and reinforce and reinforce that their failure is for them, that they can fail forward, that they can fail up, that they can fail for the opportunity to fail and in that failure learn. The reality too is, And I think it's like really, really terrible, more terrible in today's environment than ever before. You're watching this morning show on a platform that absolutely takes the highlight reels of the lives of the people that you are in community with and only for the most part shows the successes. And so what it does is it creates a little bit of a stigma around failure because it's just not normalized. It's not a thing that everyone is just talking about as a reality that we all, all of us face. Struggle is universal. Fail, failure is universal. All of us go through these things. And yet when you're watching the lives of the people that you admire through the lens of their curated perfection on these feeds, your brain starts to believe that they've got it all together and you don't. And that is a lie. The sooner that you can deconstruct the lie that they and you are not different. I struggle, you struggle. Fantastic. We're all in this together. Like it's high school musical. Like, give me a break. So the the like the worry of what it might mean for you to fail, the worry of what it might mean for you to be seen as not having it all together, it it, it makes you someone who is 100% like every other person walking this planet. It doesn't make you weak or not enough or in some way lacking. It just means that you are human. And the more that you are comfortable, like I am, I used to avoid it. So I can say that I used to avoid it like the plague. I had no interest in being in a position or posture where I could fail. When I did fail, I was hard on myself. I did question if I was worthy or enough. Now, I am operating a business that absolutely 100% steps towards failing at something every single day. Does it, is it easy? No, it's not easy. Like I hate doing things that don't work as well as I'd like, but I have grown more in the last year. I have failed more in the last year. Our business has been more successful in the last year. We've made more mistakes than ever in the last year. We are the product of what we are today as a company, as a couple, as an individual, because of having redrawn the way that we think about failing. And then the last thing I want to say, because we're running short on time, is the fear of what other people think or the fear of their judgment or the fear of anything that has to do with other people. Hear this. If you only hear one thing on this entire weird morning show experience, hear this. People are not thinking about you. People are not thinking about you. Uh, respectfully to your ego, that like it will, t- it will take a shot of your pride for you to have to sit in the reality that I am telling you right now. People are not thinking about you. Like you're gonna stop living your very be- best life because you're worried about what they think and I am telling you, be free. They are not thinking about you. They are thinking about themselves. 
And the reality is that does not make them a bad person. It makes them human just like you. Because respectfully, you're not thinking about them. You're thinking about yourself just like I am. Like, I want you to be your very best self, and your best self is free from worries of things that aren't real. We're talking about fear, and the fear of what other people are thinking about is a thing that shackles so many of us, and the headline is, they're not thinking about you. So let go of it. Let it go. And if the people that are thinking about you are a thing that bothers you, you're giving weight to them instead of weight to the life that you absolutely deserve. Let go of it. They're not thinking about you. No one cares about anything that you are doing as much as they care about themselves. And the headline in that, the, like, the beauty in that, the reality of that, should be the most freeing thing in the entire universe. Because so much of our fear is anchored to this worry of what they're thinking and they're not thinking about you. All right, do the exercise. If you do one thing today, I do hope that you will do this. If you were asked, hey, where you want to try and get to five years from now, 10 years from now, and you had to describe the barriers between where you are and where you're headed, how many of the barriers between where you are right now and where you'd like to be 10 years from now are rooted in fear, okay? Write out those things. Write out the things that you have fear for that are barriers to you getting from where you are to where you'd like to be 10 years from now. And then do the dissecting of which of these fears are real. Just start there. Which of these fears are real? If they are not real, commit to releasing yourself from the power of those fears. They aren't serving you. They aren't even real. Let it go. Okay, which of these fears are real? Oh, okay, these are real fears. What could I do to change the way that my brain processes this fear? Is there something that I could do in educating myself about this thing that might demystify some of the weight that I have afforded it? Is there something that I could do that would change the way that I get emotional about it? Could I stay intellectual about this fear? What are the things that I'm just not sure of? I don't know if it's real or not real. How could I tiptoe into some water to test to see if this fear is real or not? Because in the things that you're not sure of, I promise you 90% of those things are not real and you will not know until you face that fear, recognize its unrealness and are allowed then to be released from it because of now knowing that it isn't a thing that you need to carry any longer. The fears that you have create the limitations in your life. The fears that you have create the limitations in your life. So you have to, have to face them, understand which of them are real, let go of the ones that aren't and the ones that are, find a way to deconstruct so that you can become courageous and move forward through the fear anyway. Y'all, it's Monday. It is time to go out and live your very, very best life. We start every single day with these journals. It's called a Start Today journal. If you uh, don't want a journal, that's okay. Do the practice anyway. I wanted to bring the practice up because the first step in the practice is gratitude. 
From a posture of gratitude, being fearful is harder. It's harder to be afraid when you are grateful. So start your day with gratitude and know that you're going to start tomorrow with gratitude so that you go out into today on the hunt for things that you can be grateful for. When you are on the hunt for things to be grateful for, when you're looking for something, you will find it. So go out and search for what you can be grateful for today. Ray Ray Hollis is going to come to you live from New York City tomorrow morning for the Start Today Morning Show. Thanks, y'all, for coming out today. Have yourself a fantastic Monday. Hey, guys, thank you for listening to the Start Today Morning Show podcast. If you want to actually see the episodes, make sure you tune in in the morning every weekday, 8 a.m. Central on Facebook and Instagram on basically every channel we have. Our theme song is from Sarah Sunshine. Follow her at The Sarah Sunshine. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and Kevin Westlake. With production help from Nicole Fisher. And I'd like to give special thanks to Hawk, the fish that will never die. <laughs>